Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Baby Beard Media presents a Roll to Cast RPG podcast in the world of Cyberpunk Red by R. Telsorian Games. Starring Christopher Bond as Wax, Ellen Graham as Sprocket Volkov, and Sean Fleur as Spitfire James. Story, GM, and additional rules by Phil Harker Smith. Designed by Jack Sumner. Music by Paul Goodman. This is Feed the Beast. Hello! Welcome Ah. to... Season three of Roll to Cast. Uh, it has been a bit of a while coming, and um, oh, what are we doing? Hell yeah! <laughs> well, I can finally tell people. I've been itching to tell people for the longest time. We are doing a season of Cyberpunk Red. Oh yes, yes. yes. and oh not, not this jumpstart kit. Not Cyberpunk the jumpstart kit. No, we are doing a season of the full rules of Cyberpunk Red. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Which is crazy exciting. I'm Phil. I'm the GM for this season. Feed the Beast. <laughs> hey, uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm one of the players. Uh, I'm going to be playing Wax, but I'll introduse you to him a little bit later. And what role does uh, uh, Wax Wax have? is a net runner. Mm. Hey. Very cool. Very, we finally got to the net. Very cool. <laughs> very cool. And I am Sean. I'll be playing our techie, Spitfire James. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm Ellen, and I will be playing a nomad called Sprocket Volkov. You might be surprised about, like, well... 
How? How are it's you doing not out that? Yet. We don't. Well, I don't have it. Uh, it's just been released, or it's about to be released. Basically, who, who we, are these Australians, yeah. and how do they get how a copy of Cyberpunk Red? Uh, we're hackers. Yeah, we're yeah. really cool hackers. I think I said we're hacks. We're, yeah. we're, yeah. we're, we just made our own version. We jumped inside of a kangaroo. We hopped all the way to Artelsorian. <laughs> we did a little. Uh, as you know, Cyberpunk 2020 was uh, a big heist. We used that for preparation to make an actual heist to then steal Cyberpunk Red from under Artel. As nose. We are drop bears, so yes, we can we, do this. Yep. <laughs> we dropped in, took out Max and Mike, and made out with uh, Cyberpunk Red. No, no, it's, it's not true. That's fiction. Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Sean. How 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 the hell did we get Cyberpunk Red before anyone else? Oh, but through the skin of our teeth. Um, <laughs> but more to the point, um, we've we've had a lovely relationship with um Artelzorian because we did season one, which was their Cyberpunk 2020 system, and we thought it's 2020. Let's not do Cyberpunk 2020. So we put out the feelers and we said hey what would it be like if we could extend our relationship go the next step mm. and uh have a, a potential little sneak peek at the uh the new game and you know we, we got to talking and uh with uh jay um who is there who is their uh, social media manager among yeah, a the, myriad of other things mm. the media ambassador the media ambassador oh, wow. a lovely title yeah, yeah. Oh. and um basically he he floated the idea of well what if we could get you a look at the uh the real deal the actual mm. game and so we talked about it, ideas flowed. And, and we said, yeah, that would be cool or whatever. if you want to. If you're interested, like, we don't really care. I was going to look at Cyberpunk Blue, but Red will be fine. <laughs> um, That's the porn version? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking Pokemon here. Uh, we all know Cyberpunk Yellow is the best. <laughs> but, yeah, long story short, because uh, Artel Zorian trusts us for some crazy reason. Um, yeah, they, they said, you know, here's, here's the actual game. Here's what we can give you. And go nuts in the world And so we've been Hard at work Very quickly To come up with this Amazing thing for you mm. Yeah so At the time of recording we, We've had the rules For a month A month A yeah. month and a half A month About um, that What they sent us Was the, the beta rules Essentially Which is Their work in progress Of, of all the, the Different systems And how they interlock The lore We got from The jumpstart kit Which is a really Really cool uh, I think a lot of people Enjoyed mm. um, getting stuck Into the jumpstart kit They kind of instantly Sold out of copies When they sold At the con line Last year. Yeah, Gen Con, there was, I remember, there was just apparently massive lines. I asked a yeah, friend, oh, yeah. do you reckon you can get it? And she's like, well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we did, we get the digital copy of that and we've played it ourselves. Um, and I have to say the system has evolved mm. uh, a fair amount since then for the better. There's loads of extra stuff. The rules are refined. And just speaking for myself, I've really enjoyed uh, looking at, at, at what's in the book and, and what's possible. Red has got loads of extra new exciting things. And one of those things that really excites me is the net running. As Chris said, he's playing a net runner, so you're going to get a, a look of that uh, during the campaign. Because we we didn't even touch net running in in season one. No, no. we had a net runner in the story and that was a sort of a background thing. Yeah, it was a lot easier to kind of like co-opt and netrun it into your ensemble or mm -hmm. something like that as opposed to kind of like I know looking at netrunning I was like I'm too dumb to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking Can we just roll and say they did it? Yeah. <laughs> it was its whole own minigame mm. um, but it could be performed by netrunners from home essentially meaning they never really had to leave the couch which is something they've rectified in this so the netrunner is right there with the team at all times, mm. which is going to be really, really uh, exciting. Chris, what, what was it like putting your Netrunner together and, and looking at all the, the tools and kit that, that they have for you? It's really cool. Netrunning in Cyberpunk Red uh, is a really excellent extension of what Cyberpunk 2020 offers. Because you're in 
the thick of it, the characters have to be more complementary to the group, to an ensemble. And so there is less a sense of creating one character who just kind of sits outside and just does net running stuff, but has more of a uh, collaborative teamwork group. They have to bring more to the table than just the net running, right? That's right. They, they need to be able to defend themselves or, you know, repair things, bypass stuff or, or have social skills that are going to benefit the group because they'll be alongside them and they're going to need those gaps filled. Which is crazy as someone who has vertigo. The idea of overlaying two things on top of each other just <laughs> sounds like the worst thing to have to deal with. But we're with. also like getting into that now. Like Oculus Rifts and, yeah. and VR are becoming more of a reality than they ever were before. Like they were kind of just like a pipe dream mm. in earlier years. But now people can actually go out and buy the consoles and use them and experience virtual reality in real time. So I think it's cool to have the Netrunner now they're doing these things that we can at the moment visualize. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's closer to AR. So uh, Pokemon Go. It Pokemon is, yeah. Go yeah. and stuff yeah. like, like that. Like augmented Augmented kind of, reality. Yeah. So the, the Netrunner kind of goes with the team and uh, for people who might not have a copy of Cyberpunk Red, goes with the team and puts on little goggles and hacks into nodes and stuff like that, bypasses security. And yeah, so they have to be within uh, about six meters of of a, of a node so they have to find the node they have to get within six meters they can do it wirelessly so they can still do things like hide or, or shoot mm-hmm. if they if they need to and as you say while you while you're in that net it's overlaid on those goggles and you can still see the room around you and the ordnance or bullets coming your way and as mike said when we talked to him last year there's a real interplay between the things that the rest of the team is facing and what the Netrunner's mm. doing. Because the Netrunner might be trying to shut down the defences which are attacking him and the rest of his team. So, there's a real blending. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, in 2020, it was very much Netrunner was the team member in the van. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. has to kind of be away and so they can just fully focus on that. This um, is a bloody mind-boggling multitasking It makes talent. it a lot more high stakes as well. Because it's like, yeah, you're in the thick of it. And you might have these characters who are doing, like, these tank things. Mm-hmm. And going into gunfights. And you've got the Netrunner trying to do something as well as being shot at or needing to hide and, like, the fact that it's divided into, you know, net and meat. Some cyber wolf in the net also trying to run at you. It's It's indicative, I think, of all of the roles being fleshed out much, much more. And that is really cool. Uh, Another favourite thing of mine about what we've seen in the beta rules is the extension of all the role abilities and and what you can do with them. Mm. Like for for Nomad, for instance, when you're putting your character together, you had some really cool options. Yeah, like you can kind of choose what cars you have available to you. Um, We're starting out rank four, which is most cyberpunk red characters. That's where they say to start out, yeah. So that means you have a few like options on, you know, you can get one car, and you can kind of deck it out with a few things or you can have one car and then have like another option. You can have land, sea or air vehicles. Yeah. Just, just like, Why not all three? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you think back to, I mean, when we were in Cyberpunk 2020, I couldn't quite gel a nomad in with the world just because it was so kind of city mm. focused like it would be like kind of a mountie almost yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean like everything's operating in these apartments and and small and city streets and things like that yeah so if you think about a nomad it's just like it seems like at such odds with the rest yeah. of the world which it's makes like, sense because they're outsiders yeah it's like bringing a mad max character into blade runner totally yeah. like it would oh. be nuts um and I'm, <laughs> you're like i want to see that movie yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people have fun with like incorporating yeah, those yeah. two crazy different styles. Um, I can also see how like people in Cyberpunk 2020 would have whole campaigns with just nomads. Mm, like, yeah, I yeah, could I yeah, could yeah. definitely see that. But it was um, 
in the world of red now that the nomads have been more integrated into society and like kind of rebuilding and reclaiming things it makes it uh it makes being a nomad seem a lot more accessible you know using that in combat as well which is like if you're going to have someone with a vehicle, of course you're going to use it to, like, ram into people and do yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> and, and, and there's deployable spike strips, oh, yeah. there's machine guns. Yeah, you can, like, bullet flamethrowers and onboard machine guns. It's nuts. It's just nice as well how you talk about nomads being integrated because mm. we know that nomads, even from a, an NPC perspective, we did not use nomads at no. all in no. the mainstream, but they're so integrated into the lore of Red in, in mm. the idea of the Alder Caldo family and everyone yes. else being a part of like the rebuilding of the city and how they've taken over the highways. It's the, the nomad families are kind of the last bastion against the highway gangs and such as you want go, someone to protect the go you. go gangers. Get yeah. the yeah. fucking nomads yeah which yeah. makes sense because it is a blend of kind of like you know if if cyberpunk 2020 was kind of all sleek and chic and cities and and new tech nomads have always been kind of like old tech i mean they're cars they run on gas yeah. and petrol and these true kind too of things. but it's pretty much well, the yeah. same thing essentially yeah, yeah. yeah like natural kind of resources yeah. like you still have these new tech but then you also have kind of communities and things and in old tech and yeah and, and you know guerrilla gardening and stuff that relies on sort of the old ways mm. so nomads are more nomad the netrunners are more netrunners and the techs are, uh, are more tech as well you Good had a segue few- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks i've been been doing this podcasting thing a while <laughs> when putting together spitfire you also had like uh, a bunch of options um, yeah how did you approach that it was it was interesting because i've had the kind of the map for this character in my head since we finished going mainstream i knew that i wanted to test myself and do the role that is kind of least stylistically comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. For someone who runs a podcast and kind of helped set up this company, I'm not very tech savvy. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is like, yeah, cool, let's uh let's I go into this. I take a spanner to it. <laughs> yeah. As the as the guy who assisted him in that, I can vouch for that. <laughs> but how does computers work? Um, and so, you know, the the voice came into my head, the idea was like, oh, I really want to explore the mechanics of what a tech can do. Cause I would go to Fixer was the first one. I would look at a solo. Mm-hmm. I'd look at, you know, basically the the D and D equivalent of the fighter and the I put you on silence, sir. Oh, fired. You aren't good at tech, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, okay, Spitfire's going to be a liability. <laughs> and so yeah, looking at uh, especially the the maker role, which is the the kind of the the big thing for the techie, you can either have someone who, like I've gone through, is someone that works their technological skills in the heat of battle, can temporarily fix things while there's gunfire going, oh, this is broken. I'll probably need hours to repair it. Ah, fuck it. Just quickly, this will work for about a minute. That's good good enough. Yes. Or you, if you further Cyberpunk Red and look at a real kind of long season campaign, you could have a goddamn inventor. Mm. Someone, and and they have a note in Red that basically says, this is potentially game breaking. Yes. (laughs) I loved that. Talk with the DM and, you know, don't just be like, I build a, a nuke creator. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I build. I build the the fat man from <laughs> from Fallout. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I like this challenge of being a character that is having to talk on the fly and work on the fly and yeah. is meant to be one of the smarter people in the room. So so you and yeah. the so you went sort of so I think it's called field tech. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a field tech and he uh, is an a upgrade upgrade, upgrade expertise and field expertise are the two ones that I went with. Yeah. It's kind of pumped my rank points into that just to make it all about 
in the now, in the moment, as opposed to long-term gain. We'll see how that plays out. And I think it's indicative of all of the options now that people get when making their characters. There are a couple of ways for you to build characters in Red. Mm. There are really, really simple ones where it's just a template and you just grab the template and it's yours. You roll on a table. Those are your stats and you can just you can just go. Go straight in. Uh, then there's like a halfway house where you can just sort of get your skills from a package and you have a bit more of choice about how you spend individual options. Yeah. And then there's your full package where every aspect of your character, you know, from the ground up, you can... Which all customize. three of us all three of us did that, didn't yeah. we? We all, yeah. we all went the full hog. Yeah, we've all built from ground up. I really enjoy that they've made a few different settings for character creation. Yeah. Like, I like that there is an option for like, hey, you want to just jump into something? Go for it. What if you just want to do a one shot? Exactly. You yeah. Know? Obviously, we've been doing this podcast, but apart from D&D, like my experience with role playing games is kind of limited and learning new systems for a lot of games can be quite daunting. It can be. Yeah. Um, especially like D&D, like, like that's why I always <laughs> like to, that's why I always like to play with really, really experienced DMs because like, I'm not learning that whole fucking book. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are it. you kidding me? And the DM's like it is like Les Mis. It is so thick and so de- and I'm like I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, no. I'm just it's a no from me. Um, and so like I love all these things, but sometimes like having a thing of like, hey, do you want to just start off? Mm. And like that makes just it jump in. so much more yeah. approachable because mm. then once you've done that, you might get more interested into like, okay, well maybe I'll do like a half made one and I'll. I'll see tweaking this and then mm. you might get even more excited and go no 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 I want to I want to customize from the ground up I think it's really really cool yeah I think yeah. it's a lot more accessible and there are only three people in the cast uh, which means we're only going to get an in-depth look at, at three of the roles but I, I think people are going to do a lot of really cool stuff oh, uh, yeah. the exec role uh, now has a bunch of rules about how you uh, manage your employees mm. and the benefits you get from your corporation and uh, how loyal they are and you know they loyalty depends on things like whether you've praised them that day or not or if you've done something that pisses them off yeah. uh, which I think is, is excellent because they can just leave they yeah. can just they leave just, you they can, just leave. Yeah. They can yeah. offer from another company you're like well I guess that's my fault yeah, yeah they are. and if one of them gets killed they're like oh, this yeah. guy's getting us into trouble <laughs> it's really good yeah boss you didn't compliment me today so yeah. and also John died I consider that two strikes against you you as the exec have to be like pizza party <laughs> <laughs> your fixer they've put down rules for like if you're at this rank of fixer who are the kind of people that you're going to be able to talk to who will you find be able to find in what communities and what sort of rumors are you going to be able to pick up mm. and i think that's really great it's going to make people feel a lot more comfortable when they get into it and as you say it's going to be a lot more accessible so mm. i hope we get a, a really nice look at the three roles that we've we've picked and and i hope you guys are excited to to see those and 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 what we've done with them as well particularly the law yes well the law is something that uh oh, i've been excited with, yeah <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm very excited so the the law uh i've been working off is something that's available to all of you guys out there as well which is the stuff that's in the uh jumpstart, jumpstart kit the world book and it's really exciting i love that stuff and um i'll talk in a little bit in a second about how i've kind of run with it and try to carve out my own little space in it but the world is is really it's really different from any cyberpunk world that I've come across before because it's this world that's in a bit of a transition state. So in 2020, everything, as you say, Ellen, is quite slick and corporations dominate everything and your punks are at the bottom of the ladder just trying to make a difference. We're not quite sure what's 
the situation is in 2077, but by the looks of things, Night City is booming. It's, mm. They it's, came out on top by came, 77. Yeah. yeah, by 77, things are back. Maybe, you know, still quite lawless and exciting, but... You know, the city is back to a metropolitan powerhouse. And it is super important for people to know that even though Talzorian had this game in the works before 77 was even yeah. brought up, they have worked tirelessly to integrate mm. 45 as a canon representative of what will lead into the game. Yeah, they've worked hand in hand uh, as far as we can see you know i think they've spent a lot of time in poland talking to cd project red and making sure that their vision for what the continuation would be would dovetail with yeah with cd project red's idea so as you say it's 2045 it's somewhere between 2020 and the 2077 and what's happened is uh instead of having to overthrow all the corporations the corporations got into a little bit of a tiff. Uh, Arasaka and Militech got into a bit of a, a spat called the Fourth Corporate War, uh, which was basically World War Three and engulfed every major city in the world. And it wasn't even like but, you their know, fight. Busi- business they got business. hired. Yeah, it yeah. was a proxy. It was a proxy war. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it sounds so silly and absurd, and I think it's totally plausible. Yeah, yeah. The things would just get out of hand, and greed means that no one wants to back down. Mm-hmm. They just don't. And Night City, as this amazing kind of ro- heart of the Roaring Twenties, the World City, uh, was hit hardest because Arasaka and Militech both had headquarters there, and the city was was half destroyed when. The bomb went off. The fall. The Night City Holocaust. And someone detonates a nuke. Someone. Someone. (laughs) uh, You know, feel free to explore. Um, (laughs) Someone detonates a nuke downtown and the centre of Night City, the corporate zone, is a wasteland. It's now the hot zone. Mm. And there's a diaspora. There's two million people are displaced and go into tent cities and the suburbs. And the next 20 years is just people trying to find their feet again and, mm. and trying to live in this new world. The national governments say, all right, that's enough for Militech and Arasaka and, and pull them back into heel. The people are, are left to trying to pick up the pieces. And where we are today in 2045 is where the, as we say, the nomads... Uh, the Aldecaldo family. Aldecaldo family in particular have taken it upon themselves with a bit of corporate backing to say, let's reclaim Night City. Let's mm. let's make it our own. Because America said, well, uh, President Kress basically said, well, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. She's got enough to worry about. The United States is basically the eastern seaboard now mm. and everything on the west is doing its own thing. There's yeah. a loose confederation of states called the Pacific Confederation. Mm-hmm. But Night City is even sort of outside of that. They're a free state. Yeah, there's yeah. their own their own city state. They get some support from the places around them, but people kind of like them being their own wild west, their own kind of Casablanca where, you know, you can you can get things done. Yeah. It's nearly lawless and your opportunities your own. And that's the city we have, right? This uh rebuilding city that's where everything's up for grabs. Yeah. The stake that the inhabitants have in the world is much more direct. People can be much more enfranchised and in charge of their future. How do you guys respond to to the world book? My big thing, right, for me is, and I was thinking about this the other day, is I love, this is a weird analogy to use, The Simpsons, where Springfield is clearly a place in America, but it's not 
set where and we just naturally assume it also exists within everything else what i love is that night city is a real place it was mm. morrow bay and the way that it's actually um in the law that it was set up it's this uh little bay city that fell on hard times and then mr richard knight basically bought up a lot of all the area and then had this really idealistic way that he wanted to set it up and he's like <laughs> this will be awesome and i'll just we'll, we'll make it great it'll be idealistic it'll be a hub it'll we'll economically enrich and everything because utopia is always end up right, right uh, yeah they? we'll get to that in a second yeah <laughs> and he, he he really meant well yeah but basically through that he really pissed off a lot of the wrong people yeah and got killed for it and the mob took over and then the bastards were just like oh you know it's such a shame he died we'll call it night city in his name <laughs> and then it just turned into night city as we know it yeah i like that it has that real real solid grounding yeah in That's the world. Like. history of it yeah mm-hmm. it yeah. feels like alternate history right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and like what yeah. it was meant to be and then what it ended up being like it really they they had the best at heart and it just fucked it up yeah i think the best thing about cyberpunk red's world book and just setting in terms of what it does for players is it gives players opportunities that weren't previously available i think you know if you if you want to play a game where you're you're under the heel of the corporate world you can play cyberpunk 2020 but if you want a world where you've got an edge where you've got an opportunity cyberpunk red absolutely yeah Yeah. players are enfranchised to kind of take on the world and there is hope and Mm. and a chance of of winning yeah i quite like the thing i love about red in comparison to 2020 is that 2020 you were punks like you were people flipping off the system knowing that the boot would come down and crush you right so it makes for these really interesting like in my head i always think of kind of rogue one like love it or don't but it's that feel of like we are the rebellion and we're up against people who have much bigger guns than us and and much bigger they're organized and they have the equipment and the tech and Mm -hmm. we're just a bunch of guys in like rags going you know what? We are definitely going to die, but yeah. we're making a stand and this is something we believe in. So you've got like, it's really tragic, but you know, still, still got that idealistic edge, but it's also more about kind of surviving. And then also like the facade, like mm. you still got to buy into the world. Mm. Yeah. Whereas red is a lot more like, Hey, fuck it. Like anything's game. Like we have the opportunity to actually do something for ourselves now, as opposed yeah. to I need to either play the game or buck the system. And it's like, hey, I could make my own system. Make my own system. Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of envision it as a difference uh, between the way that what's helped my brain is it's the difference between alien and aliens. Mm. Yeah, With aliens very much just they're all fucked. They're gonna die. Yeah. This alien's gonna wipe through everyone. And aliens is like, nah, give them bigger guns. Yep. Put yeah. Put more aliens in it. High stakes, but you have a chance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really exciting in terms of, of writing a campaign. Which, uh, when when I wrote Going Mainstream for Cyberpunk 2020, I was really on that kind of train of, of like, what's the best thing these punks can do? And that's a giant fuck you to mm-hmm. the system, which is get on TV, get on the net and just go, or the web or the, or the vids and just go, we're here, we exist. Yeah. Fuck you. you. We may be under the boot, but we're here. And, and that's a message to everyone else out there who feels the same way we did it under your noses yeah Yeah. and as futile as that is it's worth it it's worth you know telling people out there that they're not alone yeah 2020 is like lighting the spark whereas here we can we can start a fire Mm. so i got a bit inspired after we talked about what we liked about the system and we we talked about what we liked about the setting and as you were saying before the corporations don't have the big boot on your face anymore it's quite explicit in the world book that the corporations are around but they're much diminished the state governments and powers that be have have 
learned the lessons of the past and said, okay, we need your resources, but step out of line and we'll, we'll curb you. Because Arazaka has been banished back to Japan. Yep. Militech has now been nationalized under the government. There are a few places like Petrochem and a few others yeah. that do have a, a minimized um, kind of role in Night City. Biotechnica, which yeah. is a bit of a, uh, you'll see is a bit of a, a player in, in the campaign and Feed the Beast. Uh, as a little preview, they are around, but yeah, they Biotechna has a contract to do some stuff. They have stuff, a leash kind of thing. But yeah, there's a leash on them. And so I started to try and, and work out, you know, what would be a really exciting way for our punks to carve out their own space in this? What would they do? I thought, you know, they would be idealistic. They would say, hey, why don't we actually set up something that we've always talked about, which is something anarchist, something punk, something horizontal, a collective. And so I created this faction called the dreamers and they're these guys they've got a dream they've got a dream for a society that leverages technology leverages the data sharing uh, capabilities of this new world to organize in a way that doesn't need explicit leaders that doesn't need a hierarchy where no one is systemically pushing down on on the others and to house themselves they've claimed a bastion of the old world this old skyscraper and semi-ironically they've named it heaven <laughs> what <laughs> yeah and and so they've lent into this idea that everybody is like oh what a, this is a pipe dream and they're like yeah that's right it's yeah. a utopia there Whoa. are there are problems with it yes cool that's pretty uh, let's work through that's them. pretty <laughs> yeah. socialist leaning comrade phil <laughs> oh. i gave these guys the cast mm. a a setting i wrote all this stuff up and how i envisaged it and and what it, the place looks like and who lives there i haven't had a good chance to speak to you guys uh, about what you thought about it i freaking love it man because cool. like, i think it's that thing of like it's not that far removed like you know i, I say socialism they're communities who are out there trying to do these mm. things, right? You know, little kind of communes and, and people who are doing guerrilla gardening. And um, when I was in Switzerland a few years ago, th- you see community gardens where it's kind of like a trust system and everyone's kind of like pooling together and, and making these little things for themselves because it's for the good of everyone. And you see a lot of people in this world now who are trying to do things that are good for others. It's just like we are still in a world where corporations do kind of run everything and while we're trying to do those things it's not always achievable to go out there and become a community right because we're still under these kind of structures of normalcy and so in the world of red where is everything's kind of like blown to you know starting at zero when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, I think it, it would be great for like, this idea of people to be like, now we can actually do these things. We don't have to try and, you know, tempt people away from this corporate life 
there's nothing to go back to, so we might as well go forward. And, and it's something that I've, I've kind of said over and over, which is I fucking love world building. Mm. You know, I love a really kind of like hyper-realized lore. And, and this thing of like, to give context, we were given, a, as, as Phil said, like a 16-page prologue to the Bible. We don't get the Bible, but we get everything that comes before it. And there's really like, this is what's on this level. This is what's on this level. This is this person. This is where this person hangs out. This is the history behind the place. Like, it's a really sound structure for us. And it's why I adore something like the Mass Effect universe and why mm. I read every piece of codex that's there because I just want to just absorb everything so that even if I don't retain like every minute detail, it's there yeah. and it can be picked up. And so I have complete confidence that I can walk into this area and Phil will go, this is the circumstance of this area. This is what would happen if you were to walk in because you have such a good grasp on it. And as you said, you've written thousands upon thousands of words. <laughs> so it's, it's I also there. want you to, ha- to have that good grasp on it such yeah. that it feels like an everyday place for you, such that you, like when we bring you guys, the audience in, we don't have to tell you explicitly yeah. how it works. You'll see how Spitfire, how Sprocket and how Wax spend their time here and through them you'll get to know the place. Yeah, it's one thing to like show us a place or show us a setting or a world. It's another thing to have the things in place of how we got here. Yeah. That is, uh, I mean, you're so right, Sean. I love um, those kind of Bioware codexes, like especially yeah. in Dragon Age Origins. Like I would devour that stuff because I'm like, oh, it isn't just a thing where it's like an arbitrary rule of like elves are are uh, enslaved people yes. you're like how why what were they before mm. what's their history and what history has been lost like it's like the know? witcher world as well totally yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and none of that may get touched on in in the game like in these games as well but you know it's there mm. and even if they never get like realized or spoken about on, in the game or the podcast or whatever like it's there if you need it mm. and if you want it and and hey you know you may i don't know what i plan to do with it yet but maybe one day you out there can get your hands on feed the beast and For the lolo brazzer yeah yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and you can, you know, you can have a look at the setting that we've come up with and, and make your own stories in it or follow the story that we've made and have your own little piece of heaven. If you should be oh. so lucky, <laughs> listeners. Mate, I'm just really inspired by what you've done. I'm super fucking keen to play this game. Cool. There's so much that you've worked on. You gave us a, what, how many pages? Of, this of is the six setting. We have 16. 16 yeah. pages of a setting book that you have written, which is what? So the it's a campaign book. It's 53 pages. 53 pages. Wow. So like, it's just like 12,000 words there's a, 16,000 16, words And it is Just looking at it Across the table I can't read what's in there Because otherwise spoilers But it <gasps> looks pretty dense In a good way Detailed And uh, clear So I am super fucking keen To play this game I'm keen to feed the beast Or not <laughs> Or feed, not feed or the not beast feed the beast Yes I'm interested to see What Wax does I'm, I'm interested to see What my patriots do <laughs> Well keen. this is what I want to finish with We're going to meet These characters In the world but it'd be nice to give a little bit of a taste of who they are without giving everything away. Who Who is Wax? Wax is a uh, young 20-something-year-old netrunner. He's a cool guy. He, uh, like you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, when I think you, I think McConaughey. You, when, no, when you think me, you think of a, a nervous wreck. No, I am um, a nervous man, nerdy man as well. Uh, no, Wax is a uh, Wax is a cool guy. Um, he's a net runner. He's lived on the uh, West Coast all his life. I've taken inspirations from some late '80s films like Point Break, yeah, uh, oh. Bill and Ted, sort of that sort Keanu of scene. Reeves, what's up? A lot of Keanu Reeves, <laughs> none of which I've seen. Um, so there's some interesting stuff going on uh he's a chill dude 
He's a cool dude. Very popular with the ladies. He's very popular with the ladies. Yes. And the, and the men. And the lads. The life path system makes a return in red, which is a very popular part of 2020, where you, you can roll on tables and it generates events from your life. And <laughs> Did you roll randomly? <laughs> I rolled randomly and what? I just got romantic partner after romantic partner, all in my enemies section. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, Wax has a lot of spurned lovers yes. um, for new, for different reasons. Uh, it's mainly not, because not he can't thing. be tied down, right? Hey, man. <laughs> do you have all the names? When you, 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 wings, you got wings, you got wings, you got to fly, baby. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Do you know all you don't these have names? Your wings. Do you, you don't have, have your wings God. yet. I don't, don't have, have wings. your wings. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Wax, is a, Wax is a net runner. He's been doing it for a while. He's a freelancer and he's here because he believes in uh, heaven. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> what about Spitfire? Tell us a little about Spitfire. Oh, Spitfire James is uh, a techie. As I said, he's a bit of a scavenger techie. He's 25. He uh, was born in 2020 and he kind of grew up in a corporate world. His parents were um, corporate members of uh, Militech and he basically eventually found himself on the streets. He, he abandoned his parents. He abandoned them. Yeah, it was by choice. He didn't yeah. like their lifestyle. No, he, yeah. no. He, he very much he, he he was very much at odds in it and he, and he, he lived on the streets and he and he kind of scavenged that way. So he, over the past year or so, found has found himself in heaven. Unlike someone like Wax, he isn't all the way on board. He hasn't he hasn't cashed all his chips in yet. He believes that heaven means well. And he believes in some of their ideals, but it's taken him a little while to kind of come on board with that. The reason he's there is his his grammar, his mm. his grammar called grammar. Yeah, grammar. and you spell it G R A M M A. Yes, yes. I, yeah. I left that spelling up to yeah. Phil, and and I just said it's grammar, like grammar as in spelling. Yeah, <laughs> and he he rolled with it, which is yeah. great. It's like uh, hey, grammar, and yeah. well, I will after we get around the characters, I'll briefly talk about the NPCs and yeah. stuff as well and how they came about. But she she's Spitfire's grammar, and she's everybody's grammar, which she's is really nice. Grammar. Yeah. And she's also just this hard-nosed, hard-boiled, but also loving... 73-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And will give you advice whether you want it or not. It's like, yeah. hey, if you want to take it, it's fine. Or yeah. kick your ass if you need it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, weirdly enough, one of the inspirations, this is a deep cut, but it's uh, Rat Trap from the Beast Wars series. Oh, cool. Uh, so if anyone's ever... ever if, if you're a... Uh, crickets my ass. <laughs> Miss, Beast Wars No is, one understands your references ever. series. <laughs> Um, it's an awesome <laughs> series. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's that kind of nervous energy, but also someone that is also kind of confident and will just talk themselves into a hole, sink yeah. or swim. Yeah. <laughs> so you base them off me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You're my hero. Yeah. <laughs> an aspect I like I about not. Spitfire is that he is something of a machine whisperer. Uh, I like the idea that he, he prefers machines because they're much easier to understand than oh, people. People are, people are shit. There's, a, there's some fleshed out rules in red for how people deal with losing losing touch with their humanity as they put more and more metal and tech in their bodies and it's it's done in a very sensitive very scientific way that that looks at, at, at yes it's gamified but it has some it has grounding in mm. real kind of dissociation that that people go through and i think that's a really cool aspect yeah. of of spitfire all i'll say is uh spitfire already has a lot of tech yeah. implanted into himself he like it to make alterations to his body yes <laughs> and he has yes he's got an internal agent like why it's do you cool. need that oh, we will, oh, i want to mention that as well <laughs> ah. we'll get to agents in a second um let's talk 
talk about Sprocket. Okay, first. so Sprocket Volkov is uh, she's a teenage nomad, kind of newish to heaven. It's kind of like um, she's taking a sabbatical from kind of her nomad life, kind of like a uh, you know how the Amish they do. Is it Rumspringer? That's Rumspringer? what it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they Rumspringer. kind of like yeah. get to spend life living outside of the community. So she's kind of like taking a stand on her own two feet. She's a teenager, so she's trying to see where she fits in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And where she doesn't quite fit in the world is with her family, which is the traveling Volkov circus. So when, and I did roll this, by the way, I didn't just choose it because it fits with my aesthetics. <laughs> just don't come at me, people. I rolled this. You can roll for what your moto family is. And it was circus. And I was like, oh man, that's great. Fantastic. I love that. Is that on the nomad table? Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's great. So they're like an old school kind of family circus. They're good people. You know, their family business run. They um, take people in. They seem very gruff and scary, but really they're all kind of teddy bears. They're carnies. They're yeah, carnies, yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. Um, and But Sprocket doesn't really have any skills that kind of makes her circus friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so basically she's kind of like the tank of the group. She has very high body, very high reflexes and decks. She has uh, skills in heavy guns, driving, and uh, Aikido. We're yeah. using martial arts uh, in the cyberpunk red system. Which so she's dope. Yeah, she's like this tanked up girl who is very good at fighting and gunning and stuff. And driving, yeah. And driving. And her family are just like, Sprocket, why can't you learn instrument? And she's like, that's not me, Papa. Why can't you see me for me? And they try to teach you to to dance, the old Russian dances, and you just got eight left feet. Yep, she's so clumsy. um, And she's uh, the one thing I love about Sprocket, and this is one thing I wanted to do after playing 2020, is that, you know, obviously um, Cassie Glass was very cool. Very calm, very collected. Smooth. Um, yeah, smooth. Um, whereas Sprocket is nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's she's a teenager. Yeah. She's awkward as all heck. Like, yeah. um, she's got a cool of like, I think it's two. <laughs> really she's got a, she's cool got a cool of two. <laughs> I thought whereas, mine was wow. bad. No, I'm five. Not whereas I think Cassie, I think I had like a cool of nine. Nine or I ten or something. Yeah, out. yeah. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the affectation that that she has as <laughs> do well? Do you mean oh, no. Vladimir? <laughs> Vladimir. Yes, I do. So, um, in your fashion affectations, you get all these different things. And I rolled small shoulder animal. So, um, I've given her a few stats in animal handling as well, because obviously the Volkovs have animals. They're a circus. And, uh, you know, they do well enough that they are able to find and procure animals. The old animal, yeah, here and there, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, she's got a little shoulder rat called Vlad. Gorgeous. Uh, Attack. Yeah, he's, a little, he's a little gray and white rat that kind of lives on her oh. shoulders. So, she's very sweet even though she's like pretty much a killing machine. Yeah, so I'm just very excited to play this kind of awkward, silly character. So what I did was I asked these guys to take these characters and gave them the parameter that they have found each other while living and working at heaven and taken upon themselves to form this little team that specializes in going out and reclaiming tech for uh, heaven and and for their community, for the dreamers. So you've got Sprocket who drives, Mm -hmm. getaway driver and gets you there and also is the muscle you've got wax who will hack into the net of you know whatever disused facility or corporate place that they go into and unlock the tech and then you've got spitfire to actually get the tech working and get on site and and be able to um assess 
what's valuable, get it going, and then get out of there. So they've been on a couple of missions before when we joined them and they're already this team that's working together. The other thing I asked them to do was create some of the NPCs. So some of the people you meet in heaven are their creation. We got a, a, a retired strong woman from uh, the circus called mm. Brunhilda, uh, <laughs> who is, is a, a nomad archetype. Uh, we've talked about grammar already. And Chris, you came up with a tech called, uh, you gave her the name? Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, yeah. So she's a big sister type that you, you kind of gave who has kind of a center of competence and, and solidity, which is a really nice character to have in the background as well. And then I added a few of my own. And finally, I want to talk about agents. Now, agents are a new thing they added in. If you listen to our interview with Mike, he mm. talked about agents being this really exciting thing that he'd wanted to include originally. And they're basically the a juiced up smartphone, mm. your personal Siri, right? Or, a, or even a pared down version of your the OS from her, where it's yeah. your personal assistant who has a personality and learns from you what it is you need tracking from your you know whether you need more incendiary ammunition for setting people on fire or you know groceries your agent will manage your life and uh, as such i've asked each of you to come up with a personality for your agent and how you use it and so as a last thing tell us like how your agent works and and what it sounds like yeah so because uh, sprocket's very young um and obviously circus roots hers is kind of like a what do you call them like a circus spruker a barker. yeah like a barker like and this is what's going to happen today <laughs> sprocket blah 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 and like you know um, get out of bed yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of very positive yeah. and and makes her feel like every day is an adventure fantastic I kind of uh, liken her to uh, Kate Winslet from Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Can be very, very snarky, but very charismatic and charming. But, you know, you know has that little banter back and forth, take it down a peg. And uh, it's it's an internal agent. So unlike the others, I'm pretty sure Spitfire has his internally. So he hears it in, in his, his head and yeah. everything wow. is kind of projected around and for him. Really kind of extra aspect to the mm. agent yeah. part. I like it. Wax has a uh, very breathy woman. As- <laughs> Shocker. Uh, agent, uh, who says things like, hey, it's going to be 36 degrees Celsius today, sweetie. Uh, make sure you wear something nice. <laughs> it's very um, soothing. Maybe some shorts and a Maybe tank. something. You look great. Mm. You, you look great every day. Though. <laughs> yeah, so, something uh, to stroke his ego. Massages his <laughs> ego. Uh, massages his ego and uh, keeps him happy when he wakes up and uh, gets ready for, for the day. It inspires him to be the best him. So, twist, they also become exes by the end of this. Yeah, I was thinking out. that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an AI, who knows? That reminds me of one thing. One thing I did want to quickly mention before we wrap this up. I am a British Australian. I work in Celsius. Meet and to me, the bottom floor is the ground floor, and the one above it is the first floor. Yes, I'm yes sorry, I'm sorry, Americans. That's I, I Wait, cannot that change a, now. Is that, a, is that a thing? Ground yeah. floor is not ground floor in, for Americans. In America, uh, the ground floor is the ground floor or first floor. No, and the wrong. one above it is the second floor. That's wrong. And the third floor. That's how. <laughs> okay. That's how North Americans do it. Canadians do it the same way. That's how I've written it in my book. I'm sorry if yep. that confuses you. At the top of the uh, top of the uh, podcast, I just wanted to mention that uh, you may have to have your conversion open if you want to know how far away things are. Just use meters, you goddamn. Please. <laughs> it's I, uh, we. I apologize to no one. By 2045, uh, they've gone metric. Yes, yeah. just what's Finally. happened. We, we also suspect that the accents that we 
do uh, for, uh, for American. Well, if there any deviation to your natural accent, uh, <laughs> say you live in California and uh, you're offended or confused by my Californian accent, that's actually a prediction. Mm. That's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, 25 yeah. years in the future. That's actually how they're going to sound. You're going to adopt a lot of Australianisms. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Similar for Russian. Yeah. I mean, she works in a circus, so like it's a big melting pot yeah, yeah, is the yeah. way I'm explaining it. <laughs> I, I only apologise to either Christian Slater or Heath Ledger. <laughs> Or whoever voiced Rat Trap in The Beast Wars. Basically, what we're saying is we're right. Um, yeah. And uh, we apologize for any uh, extra work you might have to do, but we hope you enjoy. I yes. Don't. Oh, and the final thing, they did ask me to mention this. We have one house rule that we use uh, in combat when we run combat, and that is called dynamic initiative. So when we uh, run combat in red uh, instead of one initiative roll, and that's set. Each new round, we'll, we'll re-roll initiative and go with that order just to reflect the shifting and dynamic nature of a second-by-second second battlefield. Cool. So, yeah, if, if you are a little confused, that's a house rule. Feel free to use it yourselves as well. But that is that. That is our introduction to Red. I am so excited to bring <laughs> this to you guys. I'm so excited to bring you guys the campaign. Come back. We'll see you in Night City once again. Thanks, Artel Zorian. And, Thank you uh, so Thank much. You Thank you. Thank you for listening and we'll see you, see you in Night City. See, see, see ya. You, see you in heaven. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>